Okay, yes, finally, we're back. A new Wrinkle on the Brain podcast. Boom. So, haha, we're going to get into another one. Um, yeah, I'm here with you. This is BG, and let's go ahead and move on. We have a new subject, not really new, but I wanted to get a little deeper into the music industry and music in general, really. Um, what I would like to do here is we're going to be going over music and mental health, okay? Now, it sounds big, and it is, so there are things I will touch on, a lot of things I won't, because those are going to be um, setups for our new friends and family. You know, we may be having some new guests on soon. I'm, you know, currently in contact with a lot of great people. I love the um, social media response to me reaching out, you know, to find local artists that are actually doing it right now. You know, guys that are out there touring, playing every night right now. They're going to be great. And I think you're going to really, you know, find some, you know, education there. Maybe you... uh might find a new path. Maybe you just might find some new music. Uh, that's all I'm here for, guys. You know, let's support these local local artists. Let's, you know, get new, better quality music out there. And better yet, let's just be open to what music is. And I think that's a great segue into what I'm going to go ahead and start with here. Um, for music and mental health, there's a really large group of well, no, I wouldn't say group, but let's say real fans, real fans of of music and genres, and you know the changing times, the the options we have now. There's people out there that I'm telling you, they are they are the concert goers. <laughs> we have we have a lot of those. In town, I know many of them, and I tell you, I'm just happy to see it. It's a beautiful thing. But what I also want to touch on is why we do that. You know, why why is it that we take time out? Well, you know, we're taking time out of our day and, you know, scheduling our, our, our work and whatnot to make sure we can get to that concert. I'm going to tell you what, that is called a certain music psyche. You know, uh, maybe I'm going to term a new phrase today, but yeah, I think that's the music psyche. You know, when everyone's connected and everyone's together, you know, nothing is more incredible than the stories I hear from some people who go to these concerts all the time. I mean, it, it is a, it is a sense of love, acceptance, no judgment. Everyone's having a great time. You know, whether you're, you know, out there to just see one band or whether you're just like, hey, look, let's just check it out. That openness up front is something that's really unlike anything else. And I think it is a a real true sense of psyche is where the mind is. And if the mind and music and when music happens, the music's moving and bodies are together and, and you don't mind in being in contact with the person next to you, in front of you, behind you, someone may push you here and there, the the room may sway, everyone's hands may be in the air, but guess what? It's a beautiful thing. You don't mind it. One of the takeaways you'll hear from anyone that's ever been to a gore show, those who know gore know what I'm talking about. 
and that's G-W-A-R. Look it up if you ain't never seen it. And trust me, you're going to be freaked out. But, hey, that's what they're about. That's war, man. You go to that show, guess what? You're going to be in contact with people you'll probably never see again in your life. You're going to be in a place where everyone is smiling, everyone's having a good time, laughing a lot of the time, and you will all come away with something. <laughs> Those who've been to a grocery show know what I'm talking about. Those who have not, you have to do it. It, it is one of those, if you want to see a live show, go see Gore. You have to at least try it. Um, but that, that's what I'm saying. Like That excitement, that uh, 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 legend almost, you know, the legends of what happens at shows. Oh, you go see the show live or you see this person. You know, this person is this because of this. I mean, it, it, it's an amazing thing. There has been a recent play that has been orchestrated, call it a theater, if you will. But the local theater and, you know, mass media theater, if you will, has continued to perpetuate this poor psyche within music, within what we hear every day, within what is on while you drive, with what is on while you're watching a, a commercial even you know a lot of these a lot of a lot of music is in commercials a lot of music is um you know opening and closures of certain tv shows those certain tv shows have certain artists those artists may make a certain sound there are certain reasons why we watch certain shows those things that impact us do have a lot to do with the psyche of how you sit and how you ingest this medium whether it's a tv show commercial or an album whether you're sitting there taking it all in looking at the album art or you're sitting there watching a tv show and hearing some of the best music possible but it's only in tv form like there's just a lot of weird mediums there and it's definitely a play it's a play and here's why check this out <laughs> if i were a music exec hmm let's say just just to imagine for a moment, I'm just going to take you there. If I was a music exec and I wanted to make sure that my music corporation or label even or mass media network, I want to make sure it never fails. What do I do? Okay, cool. Here's what we do. We use every asset possible. Every single one. Do we have radio stations? Let's use that. Do we have TV shows? Let's use those too. You know what? New show? You need music? Got you. Hey, new new artists. You need new, a new place to put your music? Hey, we got this TV show over here. Hey, you know, you're, you're an artist that's been working at home for a long time, doing everything you can, and, you know, your numbers are looking good. You know what? Let's go ahead and put you at a more larger artist, someone with a large name, someone that has been in the genre for a long time. But you know what? You're going to expand the genre. We're going to pull you in. You could probably guess who I'm talking about. You can probably guess a lot of people in which I've kind of poked at a little bit. Not to hate these people. Again, these are creatives. These are people who are, again, creating an art. However it's used is sometimes not up to them. But I will say there are meetings where that has to be accounted for. There has, not only has to be, but we know for a fact there is a room full of writers and script people and suits, people who, we're just going to call them suits, you know, they'll enter and they'll lit, 
the writers know, hey, here's where we're going. Here's what we're doing. Here's the narrative. Make it work. That occurs not only in TV, but also in the music industry. It's very telling. <laughs> I watched a small interview and they asked Snoop Dogg. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Was it Snoop Dogg? Uh, they asked. Um, I think it was. I think it was actually. No, it wasn't. Uh, no, I take it back. It was Red Man. Ah, Hot Ones. Yes, uh, the episode of Hot Ones with Red Man. Um, check it out. It's actually really funny. But at, at the end, he asks one of the hardest questions possible, and this always happens to people who are both in music and TV. You know, the the host kind of asks similar questions. But he asked a good one. He's like, you know, what what has the what's that, what has the more the more slimy executives? You know, is it music or is it TV? And Redman's answer is just priceless. I'm not even gonna give it out. I mean, it's it's hilarious, but telling, very very telling, and that's going to really move me into my my next subject here. It's the lack of purchasing. That's really what it is. You know, what Redman brings up at the end, he he's very clear about it. He'll tell you how it works. But uh, <laughs> it's the lack of purchasing. You know, at the end of the day, it's the lack of the purchasability of music. We don't have the exclusivity of going to, you know, oh, I heard this band. Oh, I'm going to go to this place. And oh, I'm going to pay this much. I'm going to make sure I get that. Nope. We messed that up a long time ago. Guess what? Napster was actually very much so what, you know, worth the anger from Lars Ulrich. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, anyone who, who saw the Metallica drummer get very extremely furious back in the 90s and uh, late 90s and 2000s about Napster, he wasn't wrong. So, I did some research. I figured, you know what? What happened? After Napster, what happened? No one knew. I mean, you know, we saw different platforms come up. Uh, you know, your Pandora's, your Spotify's, you know, SoundCloud. You know, a lot, a lot of things came up. But all these options are free. Notice who I named. A lot of them have a free option. Some, I mean, you know, just pay subscriptions. You know, if you want ad-free and whatnot, you can, you can do that. You can, you can pay for that. Yeah, you can. We can also research the artists through these platforms. And there was more of a learning process with the streaming that occurred that I think we kind of slept on. Remember, the reason the Metallica drummer Lars Ulrich was mad about the purchasability and the changing of music was on the very simple fact it's going to change everything. If we now make it to where music is 100% free online, anyone can just download it whenever, put it wherever they want, they can walk around with it, they can put it on their iPod, they can transfer the music over to their Zunes, to their to, you know, different, you know, uh, flash players, if you will. You know, we, we had a, a time, if, if anyone remembers, I mean, I'm pretty sure 90% of the music that you've been exposed to in probably the past 20 years has more than likely been free. In some way. Free in some way. Either free to acquire or you have that homie on the block that used to burn them things for $5 a piece. You used to tell, you'd be able to tell them whatever you want. Hey, I'm, I want this, this, and this. Okay, cool. They'll make sure that worked. That medium is very strong now and is very, very, very clear. You no longer need the hookup. 
You no longer need the guy with, hey, yo, I, my computer don't do it, but yo, homie's computer, psh, man, he get whatever you want, bro. He 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 downloading right now. Well, we don't have to do that anymore. Think about the wonders of today. You can log into your Pandora, Spotify, even into YouTube at any time, anywhere, and you can either create, play, or have a way to access millions of songs for free play them for free for that one single play or you know maybe you're a fan like me and you put that on repeat but i mean you know there's some disconnect now where accessibility trumped purchaseability maybe lars wasn't wrong hmm interesting but really, you know, the, the biggest focus is, and, and I think this is going to be a, a, a probably a groundbreaker for everyone. The biggest issue with 2019 and music in general, we don't have a sound of the time. Think about it. We don't have a sound that significantly says, the, oh my God, this is 2019. We are there, guys. No, we don't have that. We don't have a... We don't have a song of a generation, you know, we don't have the late 90s Green Day track that everyone heard at graduation for probably a good 10 years. You know the song. It's the acoustic one. You know the song. You're probably so tired of it, you forgot what the name is. Guilty. Guilty. If you saw me, I'm holding my hand up. I'm saying guilty. I'm guilty. <laughs> but no, seriously, I mean, very. I'm serious. It, it, is, it is a change in what music is, a change of the times, a change of how music can be a part of not only a generation, but a, a part of all society where everyone's playing it, anywhere it's being played. Everyone knows the words. We don't have that anymore. We have legends of it. We do have speckles here and there where it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah, yeah, that. Oh, man, that's 80s, man. That, that, that was, you know, and you have that reminiscent moment where it's like, oh, man, 1999. Whoa, man. It, it, wow, things were different then. It's 2019, guys. Maybe you have your own personal song right now. Maybe you have your own personal song that it speaks to you. Song, music has become that, that much more inclusive. I will say that. I will say that a lot of music gets it to where it's like it's going to hit this group, this people, this type. You know, it, it, we did that to ourselves. Now, is it fair for every band to do that? Probably not. Is it fair for those who the mass media approves of? Probably so. Because it's very easy for the mass media to say, hey, look, we want you to look at this. Hey, we want you to make sure you hear this. When you hop in your car five or seven times a day, you're probably going to hear the same song. It's a structure. But if you think about what's missing, and here's the fun part, and here's what actually made me like, oh my, oh wow, I wow. And I had like writer's block for a minute, like, what do I do for my next podcast? Here, here was the kicker. It was the simple realization. There's no such thing as R&B anymore. There's no such thing as love songs anymore. There used to be music where you put it on, you turn the lights down low, you and your loved one, guy, girl, whomever it may be, no judgment here, but you had a good night. You know, danced a little bit, 
let that music go through your body. You feel it in your feet. You feel it in your head. You're moving around. Let the music can take you away. Yeah, we don't have that. Not now. Not new. No. No, not new. No, not now. And, you know, again, some may have their go-tos. I'm not saying it doesn't exist all around. It does exist. It's out there. Is it on the radio? Is it something that everyone's evenly exposed to equally? No. Because if you're on Spotify, you can choose what you want. And guess what? If you're on Pandora, it's more likely than not your downvotes are going to make it to where you're never going to hear that. If you wanted a station right now on Pandora that's Destiny's Child only, and I'm using this to move on to something else in a minute, you're going to get it. You'll get what I'm saying in a minute. But if you had a Destiny's Child station and you wanted to hear female R&B, number one, a lot of the things you're going to hear are going to be 15 to 20 years old. Period. Now, with the music you will get from Destiny's Child, 15, 10. Okay, cool. 15, 10 years old. Not too bad. Are you going to get a new Destiny's Child track that's a love song? A real R&B banger. The real song that you go home, take girl, and you and the girl have a good night. No, 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 no. There ain't no new Destiny's Child. Give that up. It's over. All right? She ain't doing it. <laughs> okay, just get over it. But that also goes into why music is no longer healing. Music used to heal us. We used to... You know, when you're having a bad day, you could put on that music of the time. Multiple bands did it. Multiple sounds did it. But there was a music of the time. You know what I'm saying. When you have that bad day, that hard time, that hard customer, the hard encounter, the the day that makes you say, hey, look, you know what? I I just need this music right now. And when you make that decision, there's a go-to you have. Everyone has a different go-to. That's fine. That's not a problem. My query and my problem is, where's the new healing? Where's the new contributions to music that give us that love? That is that R&B. That is from the soul. That the soul, soul music itself. Where, where is it? Where is it? We can keep latching on to the old people who've done it forever, but they've been doing it forever. You know, we still got the Isley Brothers doing it. They're still alive. You know, we can go there all day. From what I understand, Earth, Wind, and Fire is still tour. <laughs> you know, game's real, you know. But, I mean, Destiny's Child is such a good example because it, I think that was where the differentiation happened. Destiny's Child used to be that empowerment, that that uh, women's strength thing, you know, that, that when, when uh, you know, I'm not going to... S- I'm not going to go too deep, but there was movements at the time when this came out. It was just, you know, black women, women everywhere, women of every color felt that love, that that internal, like, that strength, that internal strength. And, and I think it was something that did make the song, and I'm going to point it out, Independent Woman, that was the hit. You, you were in 2001, you heard Independent Woman from Destiny's Child. Let's be real. You turned your stuff up. Don't play. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There were there was a moment where you were like, yeah. Even if you were in there in the car with your girl, your you know, you being the man driving the car. Guess what? That song come on. Your girl might have been feeling some type of way. You gonna turn it up a little bit so she can feel herself. You know what I'm talking about? 
You know what I mean? Just, just for her to be like, yeah, I'm independent. Mm, you know what I'm saying? Whatever. Yeah, you in my car, but <laughs> I'll turn this up for you for this one time. But I mean, for real, like, we went from Destiny's Child, independent woman, immediately a year later to I Need a Soldier. Now, if anyone remembers the song Destiny's Child, I Need a Soldier, and if you remember that music video, it was very telling to the psyche in which all men have kind of become accustomed to. And actually, sadly, especially white men. It's kind of weird. Here's why. Here's why I say this. I know it seems weird what I'm saying, but here's why. So if Independent Woman from Destiny's Child was that song that made girls be like, yeah, I'm independent. I can do me. I can do whatever I need to. I'm good. Uh, the song I Need a Soldier was more like, I can't do for me. I can't do for my own. I need a soldier that's going to be there to help me while I get it all done on my own. You know what I'm talking about? Maybe not even help. Like, half the song was more like ethnic folk showing more skin than the females and mostly large, big body vehicles in the background of a white soundstage so again when she says i need a soldier she's not putting first responders out there to a certain extent i think uh one of them did have a guy that was slightly dressed in some camo gear um was he in the military probably not no no uh, um most uh, most of the guns they were holding were definitely not military issue but it, it is questionable on why a group of females who sing R&B went from a song, which was an R&B based song, Independent Woman, you know, that, that, that was current R&B at the time, you know, late 90s, 2000s, it sounded good, it's a good song, everyone knows it, but then we go to I Need a Soldier and it's like, what, like, huh, I mean, play them back to back, tell me what the difference is, maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm tripping. But it does sound like this was a plea not to heal. You know, we were a, a country in turmoil. This is probably right after 9-11 and everyone's freaking out. No one knows what to do. She says, I need a soldier. And the song is a banger. Biggest song of, 2000, of the late 2001-2002 era. But I mean, we're not putting like, you know, the soldiers out there. We're not really putting you know, military service members as a focus of this song, once again, this were these were black ethnic guys, heavily tattooed, showing more skin than, than the females, and more large cars in a soundstage than there was any real military equipment to be shown in the video. Now, um, again, I'm just talking about a music video. Maybe that means nothing, but maybe it does mean something, because if I wanted to play with your psyche, what do I do? Subliminal messaging old school tactic music's very good at it within music we can do one of two things we can help you or we can hurt you you take it upon you take it upon yourself on where you want to take that now if i'm able to make music that can make you feel good that can make you want to be close to someone make you want to love someone that's that's a talent but we also incentivize music to make you feel down sad uh depressed songs that talk about more drugs than we've ever taken for the purpose of of us to take those drugs and i mean you, you know th that's 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 very telling 
And, you know, maybe there is a, you know, discussion to be had, you know, on, on why music's doing that. But I think that discussion is almost dead. I mean, we had so many people stand up and say, look, we got to stop with this lean stuff. You know, we got to cut out with, with the oxys and with the pills and we're done. You know, the, the older rappers almost stood up together. Hip hop in itself stood up together, united, saying, look, I don't we know this opioid, opioid crisis is wrong. It's messed up and we're not part of it. And they stepped away early in the game. OK, for those rappers and people who stepped up and said hey look there's a missing section in music the first thing they were saying was hey i'm i'll pop this i'll pop i'll pop ox i'll get them values Ooh. i'm not gonna name names but the music was out there and recently within the past very recent past that was one of the biggest things that were a focus of a lot of people's careers where we need to put more acknowledgement on uh, you know drug abuse you know, maybe we're we need to change what we're doing musically to make a better influence. You know, look at David Banner. You talk about reform from rationalization of what he was doing. You know, the girls aside, he knew the drugs were an issue, too. He knew him being a father and him being a man was more important. And he's leading by example. But is this music on the radio? Yeah. I propose a solution. And it's going to sound wild. It's going to sound a little crazy, but it, it is exactly what it sounds like those who are uncreative have a bias to what they're told there's a reason why american idol is a thing there's a reason why the voice um you know other shows like um america's got talent you know there's reasons why shows like these exist and still continue to play every single year as if they're not done with their mission. And I've called that out early, early. When they were first putting out American Idol, why? Why did they do it? Easy, easy answer. They needed a sound of the times. They have yet to find it. Why? Because a lot of what they do is, it, it, it's a, it's karaoke, man. If you want to really win American Idol, realize it's karaoke. Realize if you are not any good at karaoke, don't even show up to trials. Don't even show up to the first day because we will clown on you because you can't sing. It is real. Y'all have seen the videos and y'all have probably even laughed at them. But here's what I really want to have that as a takeaway. If, if we're not at the point to where we can easily see, you know, the, the issues there and easily understand that there's, there's more to this. There's more going on than what we're giving it credit for there's more that we can do more that you know creatives can do to help you know instead of these non-creatives dictating what's the hot thing on the radio because right now currently uh you know it's 2019 late june we're looking at the number one song being a track from a person who would not normally be considered country playing with someone who would normally be considered country in every sense of the way we know the pearson featured on the remix of that song that's country that's country to the core now for them to make that move that's a play that's the play how do we get it to as many people as we can how do we make sure it plays in every single car how do we make sure women buy it how do we make sure that women go to the show 
Women may not have gone to go see Miley Cyrus unless you were a real music fan. If you really enjoyed music and took music seriously, and also put aside the fact that she might be kind of crazy, but if you put to the side that that you know other stuff that she was doing as a display, she is an amazingly talented singer. Amazing. Her version of Jolene, it's insane. It brings people to tears. Goosebumps come up on your arms. There's a reason music can do that to people. But here's the thing. Women don't buy that. And if it's true talent, they're not into it. It's not to say that all women aren't. I mean, don't ever get it twisted. I've seen females at a dream theater show. But here's the thing. Is a dream theater show full of women? Not necessarily. Now, if you think about other prog metal and, and you know, uh, speed metal, blast metal, death metal, dark metal, is it a crowd full of females? Highly than likely not. In other countries, maybe. I can't speak for other countries. I don't, I don't know what goes down in Germany. And apparently, Slovakian death metal is insanely popular. So... <laughs> There may be a lot of Slavic chicks that are into it. But, I mean, uh, seriously, I, I, as far as America goes, I don't see when I don't see that merger of when musicality also transcends to mass media buying or playing, mass media playing even. And a lot of the bands that are in that more technical speed, let's make more melodies than on top of melodies. I mean, there's a reason Animals as Leaders are extremely talented people. I mean, all three of these guys are amazing, but to have no singer, I've heard from females of, you know, who love metal even say, you know, for them not to have a singer, it is kind of, kind of a, eh, I know they're cool, but would they go to the show? Would they purchase the music? Are you going to purchase the merch? Maybe not, but for some reason, you know, we have the mind control tactic going on when you have someone like Cardi B out there and making incredible numbers of album sales and also merch sales. And, you know, if we look at, you know, even Bruno Mars, you know, let's make sure the chicks love my music. Guess what? That boy did a world tour. OK, not a national tour, a world tour. There's a reason. And more than likely, it's because females are into it. Not to say all females dictate music, but to say they have for the for a long while, you know. If we look at what country's done in the past ten years, that's not because guys more guys are going to the show. No, it's because more women have no problem being in competition with one another to find out. Hey, what show did you go to? Oh, I already saw him. Oh, well, what show did you see? Oh, well, you know what? I saw him two times. I saw him four times. Let's go see him next time. When is he coming? He'll be here in June. Boom! Oh, well, let's go. We're all going. You know, and, and I mean, that, that camaraderie within females, don't ever get it twisted. I'm not, not throwing any shade. I'm just saying that camaraderie of how music is chosen could have a lot to do with who's in the crowd, who's the purchasing groups. And, you know, at the end of the day, maybe the mom isn't into it. But remember what I said, maybe it's a mom. So maybe the mom is purchasing the music for the child or going to the show because the child can't go on their own. Maybe the child likes that new mass media music because it's the one thing that they hear, the only thing they hear in the car. Most males aren't going to take their female daughter to the, you know, Cardi B concert, but mom will. So, I mean, bravo to our moms and, you know, it's for, for, you know, allowing us to be exposed to what we hear, but also, you know, maybe we need to start taking it with a grain of salt on what we're ingesting.
on what we're doing, how we feel after. Some of us may be depressed. Some of us may be dealing with other things. Some of us may be really having a hard time just getting through the day. And with that said, um, this does bring us to a very somber note because we are going to hear from a band. Um, This is going to be my unofficial first guest, but uh, it's a very intense sit down with a band that recently went through a lot. And I think the emotions they go through in in rebuilding the band and finding their way and 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 just becoming you know who they are now, um, you know years later, is uh, is very important. And I think it is something um, from a mental health issue that will touch all everyone out there, um, women, females, so everyone. <laughs> Um, jokes aside, you know, um, it probably, again, I'm not ever pointing fault at anyone or saying, hey, look, music's wrong because of you. I'm not saying that ever. I'm not saying that. But it is very telling on the reactions that one would have when, you know, a certain genre is played or a certain genre is on the radio. You know, a lot of a lot of guys do go ignored. A lot of bands go ignored. A lot of genres go ignored. When we, I just listen to country. When when or when someone says I just listen to hip hop, you know, uh, I, I guess uh, my my uh, last point here would be you know let's more let's reach out a little more. You know, um, there's no reason for us to feel that we're controlled or to feel that music's against us. That's never the case. Music is there for all of us, and that's why music is what it is. It's a beautiful thing. It can touch people. It can it can make you feel different throughout your day. It can completely change how you feel that is that's incredible not a lot of things do that legally but if music can do it if people can create that stuff then i say let's go so today um i'm going to introduce it um it's the band azalea dying some may know the story some may have heard what happened to the singer um i think the words the band has about this and that's another thing i want to focus on going forward um side note um the band always has a voice i will say it again the band always has a voice you know whether you're the backing band for shakira or whether you're as dying you have word you're important and you mean something not to be like the 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 you know the movie you is important you is you is special no 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 I'm 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 kidding, but seriously, I know a lot of musicians, creatives. We do deal with mental health. We do deal with depression, stress, the um, current construct of where we live. You know, some people may grow up, and you're told, "Hey, do the nine to five, go to work every day, go home every day." Some of us aren't made for that. And to all my creatives out there who don't work the nine to fives, you know the the tattoo artists out there, the guy who makes shirts and you know at the at the print shop, the guys who you know take that time to make their own crafts and attempt to sell as many as they can. All of you guys, everyone who's creative, musicians, drummers, singers, keyboardists, guitarists, um, uh, bassists, 
you know, uh, not to leave out the people who played accordion. That's amazing. Uh, I mean, there's just a lot of talent we have in San Antonio. And, you know, I do know, not to speak for everyone, but to say, me, myself as a musician, as a drummer, we all deal with mental health on some level. Um, so today I'm going to leave the powerful words of Azalea Dying to give you some context. Um, the band um, it's a group of guys and they've gone through a lot um, I think they really kind of say it all in the uh, next 15, 14 minutes um, I'm almost a little over I usually try to keep everything around 45 minutes this will be a little long but um, yeah if you guys want to hang in there check out um, the band Azalea Dying on tour and with their new singles they are available on YouTube Spotify and everywhere you get your music um, these are the words from the band. This is, uh, the singer's going to start it off and then the band's going to kind of give their, their take on, on where, where they are, you know, uh, mentally, creatively and, and what they had to deal with and how they feel. And I think that is a big thing that we ignore from a lot of musicians. You know, we expect you to get on stage, play that show get off stage so I can scream and buy that merch, you know, and I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna tell my friends about what I saw. Um, some of us forget that they're people. So I think, uh, I'm going to let them tell their story. Um, it is a powerful one. Like I said, it's about 15 minutes. So, uh, go ahead and hang in there guys. I do appreciate it, but I'm gonna let them go ahead and take it away. Here we go. As I lay dying. I hurt every single person in my life. People who loved me, people who cared for me, people who knew me and spent substantial parts of their lives with me. I hurt many of them to a devastating degree. At the very least, my behavior incited anger and disappointment. On the other hand, it put fear and helplessness in the hearts of people who are innocent and blameless. I went to prison on a charge of solicitation of another to commit murder. It was the end of a dark, ruinous path I chose to walk down for far too long. Putting good people through pain and misery is a monumental regret I will carry for the rest of my life. I wish every day I could take it back. Days in a prison cell are what they're supposed to be. Every silent minute defaulted to the shameful recollection of who I'd become and what I'd done. The scope of suffering I created and my inability to change it. Who and what I had lost and my inability to undo that great harm. For me, those minutes occupied hours that slowly became days for months upon months, spanning almost four years. Over those years, I began to seek hope in the mess of my shame and disgrace. I chose to believe that I could take small steps from out of the depths of my self-inflicted ruin, that the lessons I've learned from my mistakes and failures could be used to signal others away from a similar course. I have a heart for those struggling with mental health and addiction. The complexities of both plagued my past and it is my desire to help them in their journey through and out of those things. Prison granted me both time and opportunities to complete all the necessary courses to become an addiction treatment counselor. It gave me the opportunity to make a positive impact as a case manager at a recovery facility upon my release. It gave me a chance to make a difference. I resent the person I became during the darkest period of my past. A large part of my life's work now is to prevent others from going down the same destructive paths. I stand against all forms of domestic violence and any other type of behavior that creates fear or feelings of helplessness in others. I'm thankful for every new day and consider each one an opportunity to do something positive in any way I can. I accept and acknowledge that many will resent and reject me. 
Though I live and breathe remorse daily, it will never erase the pain I inflicted upon the world around me and within the lives of those who never deserved it. I understand the varying degrees, conditions, and timeframes every individual has with regards to their capacity to forgive. I'm tremendously grateful for anyone who has accepted my efforts to make amends and ultimately given me a second chance, especially those who have known me at my worst. After his arrest, Tim's lack of empathy and disconcern for those he hurt led us to believe there was no hope for change. It was heartbreaking to see he no longer resembled the person I once knew. At a point in time, he and I were close. We started Azalei dying together, and we stayed committed to it during those tough early times. Over time, we found like-minded individuals, guys with comparable dedication and drive. With Nick, Phil, and then Josh in the fold, we had finally grown into the identity of what the band is still today. There is a very special bond and dynamic formed through being in a highly active band for over a decade. A relationship is a balance of creative collaboration, working through disagreements together, and living in close proximity, like roommates, for the majority of your lives. Naturally, this sort of relationship is vulnerable to tension, distance, and isolation if untrust. With Tim, we slowly lived through what became a drastic change in character and composure over the years. In the early days, it was his tenacity and focus that kept the band moving forward. The sort of ambition and focus he possessed was something we all admired. His focus and commitments to specific outcomes gave us the resilience to weather the challenges and obstacles most bands face when trying to make things happen for themselves. With time and success, though, we saw those same strengths shift towards personal interest, often above all else. His positions and things became more obviously self-centric. His inability to understand or assume any perspective other than his own created years of turmoil at first, but eventually grew to personal detachment within the group. In order to keep the wheels from falling off, everyone sort of withdrew into their own worlds and operated in a somewhat detached manner that kept the band dynamic emotionally distant but professionally functional. We were all identifying his trajectory towards self-destruction, but no one expected the drastic and devastating degree of where his behavior would lead. Tim's arrest and incarceration marked only the beginning for everyone near this. I think for me and maybe the rest of the guys, we were in a state of shock and avoidance for years. While our pain wasn't to the same degree as those he harmed, there was no real precedent in our lives or the history of our friends and family to advise us on how to handle or process what had happened. We started new things, new bands, new careers, businesses, different journeys with positive intent to draw our focus away from the monumental chaos of what we had been forced to live through. I was always taught to work, to put my head down and do good, to be good. I'm proud of every endeavor I invested myself in, but over time I began to realize that the attention towards cathartic and meaningful pursuits does not necessarily equate to repairing what's damaged. What we learned over the years is that there is no bouncing back. Some things are just so extreme, so heavy and unreal that they break you. They change who you are and who you used to be. The best you can do is learn how to pick up the pieces and put yourself back together. Hope and pray that wounds will heal. We all turned to whatever we could to reclaim some semblance of balance back in our lives. Some of those things were healthy, some of those were not. The years spent busying ourselves and neglecting the damage within eventually created tension and distance between some of us. Phil, Josh, Jordan, and I were the only ones who truly understood the complexity of what the other was going through. And none of us could find viable solutions to emotionally recover. Hopelessness is a fear without end. 
peace and restoration feel beyond reach. It can leave you feeling lost and isolated, even in the presence of other people. For some of us, time itself did not mend wounds, but it did inform us of unhealthy ways to cope. Hatred is unhealthy. I've learned over the years that if someone hurts you, or even just people you care about, it's natural and completely valid to be angry and resentful towards them. It's your decisions on how to handle the weight of those emotions that will dictate the quality of your life thereafter. Avoidance solves nothing. We tried for years to take the out of sight, out of mind approach. I believe time can heal, but some of that time needs to be spent actively trying to fix what's damaged. We've spent years focusing on positive activities and endeavors, but in the end, all well-intentioned endeavors felt like us trying to apply band-aids upon broken bones. I learned that trying to control the things you cannot will leave you frustrated and feeling powerless. I spent years stewing the anger that Tim didn't get a longer prison sentence. I consistently let myself become angry at the idea of him being happy again after his release. Both things outside of my control that I was somehow allowing to let steer my emotions. I was constantly flustered by my inability to create an identity of my own. It felt as if my value became what people could get me to say about Tim and the attention that sort of headline could attract. It didn't really matter what positive pursuit or endeavor I was trying to draw a direct focus to. I felt like the only story I was worth. My inability to control the narrative others kept me in furthered my internal resentment and anger. On the other end of things, I found that the applications of love, forgiveness, and compassion are true in their power to relieve. Somewhere along the years, Phil and I had a falling out. Interpersonal band frustrations, the pressures of owning and running our venue, plus the weight of our personal lives, created a year and a half long rift of non-communication and bitterness. It's toxic to carry acrimonious feelings in your heart. It's hard to live a genuinely kind and peaceful life while refusing to release ill will. That sort of coexistence is unsustainable. Phil and I's reconnection is rooted in the desire to let go of the animosity we were allowing to consume us. We both recognized our roles and where things went south and desired more to find positive resolve and reconciliation than wasting years hating one another. Through that, I believe we learned the profound value of what forgiveness can do for oneself. None of us were expecting Tim to completely and publicly take ownership of his past. We had seen prior behavior where he attempted to excuse his actions and place blame on other people, substances, or circumstances. I think for all of us, it created a sort of trepidation towards what he might do or say after being released. That there would be this threat of him abusing a public platform to sell his side of the story in a way that was untruthful. So when we were made aware of his release, we initially resisted his efforts to formally apologize as we wanted to see what he did, not just what he said. We needed to see examples of a changed human being, someone who recognized, acknowledged, and expressed deep remorse for who they were and what they had done. And over time, that's who he had shown himself to be. We saw these changes through his work in the recovery community and proactivity in prison outreach. He also respectfully utilized the reach of our band's platform to not just say he was truly and deeply sorry, but to take responsibility for everything. Our expectations for all these years was for him to emerge from prison as a different version of his older self, perhaps worse. But when we saw something positively unexpected, by way of deeds and behavior, it opened us all up to the notion that Tim may have made some substantial progress and change throughout his process of rehabilitation. When you observe over time, 
someone sincere in their efforts to make amends, pick themselves back up, and try to utilize the lessons they've learned to become a better person, it makes it easier to let go of the resentments you've been carrying from the past. It took a lot for me to let Tim back in my life. I needed to see a changed man who was also held accountable for his actions. His year spent in prison changed him in a positive way. So for me, the combination of him facing his punishment, growing for the better because of it, being sincere in his expression of remorse, and committing his life to atonement was enough for me to hear him out. I had seen enough of what Tim was doing right to finally meet up. He utilized a lot of that time respectfully by simply listening. Hearing me express my experience with what he put everyone through and then apologizing for and acknowledging the consequences of his actions for others. There was a vulnerability I had never seen before from him and I began to understand and recognize that he too was trying to pick up whatever pieces of his life that he could. Everyone had spent years dealing with inner turmoil and the unhealthy harboring of cancerous emotions. We had learned the value of what letting go of those things could do for ourselves. So when we finally saw an opportunity to love and forgive and accept, we seized it. To be in an atmosphere where there's care and concern for one another, and a dynamic that had once become distant and intolerable, is something we are tremendously grateful for. This band wasn't initially built on friendship, but through all these years, in this awful situation, one has now grown from it. Through all of this, I have come to recognize the importance of actively seeking help for the varying struggles people endure. We all come from different places, with different upbringings, with different complexities of relationships and various scopes of hardships. Life has unique ways of exposing us all to great joy and great sorrow. It's natural and effortless to share in the ups of our experiences. But when we're low, when we're down, the intricacy of pain can be so many different things, all of which we tend to keep inside. I believe there is unbelievable power in communities built on love, acceptance, and healing. It's so important in what seems like a world of emotional disarray for a charity like Heart Support to exist. We believe in their main purpose, to help young people overcome depression and various forms of adversity, whether by a live interaction through their Twitch community, or their anonymous support wall, or even just seeking professional help in general. It's imperative to address all forms of deep mental and emotional duress with someone that is equipped to help you. No one should bear those crippling burdens on their own. I hope the downfall of my past can be redefined by the way I live the rest of the life I do have ahead of me. That I can prove over time how the process of serving my sins created a renewed sense of purpose and desire to do what I can to make amends with those I've hurt. To put my life into the people, works, and endeavors I love and contribute in all the ways I can to facilitate healing for those who have ever felt hopeless, broken, alienated, desperate, or traumatized. I resent and rebuke who I became and what I had done. Everyone does. As a band, our agenda is to actively back and work with organizations who offer support to those who are emotionally suffering and in pain. Whether it be from a history of abuse, hardship, or mental illness, proactivity and healing and recovery is at the core of what this band is now. We wanted to share and release a video detailing our journey specifically through Heart Support, an organization we believe in that functions to provide emotional support and counseling to young adults caught in cycles of addiction, depression, sexual abuse, and domestic violence. Our mission is to continually seek and implement ways to facilitate positive, meaningful change in the world around us. Even if simple interest in the details of our personal stories guides a single person to the Heart Support website, 
or they end up realizing they can be helped through issues they are dealing with. That alone would be something positive we can draw from all this dark history. We live in a climate that perpetually highlights stories of disgrace, misery, or failure. Where ours was at one point all of those things, I believe there can be powerful potential in the wholehearted pursuit to do what it is we love and have chemistry doing together. And from lessons learned from the past and through this endeavor, extract lessons of love, forgiveness, healing, and the ability to turn your life around from its lowest point. By trying our best to make as much good from this as possible, we commit to sharing and standing behind a rather simple message. There can be hope for everyone. At the end of this video, I'm just going to read this for you. It's, um, uh, it's in text, so I'm going to read it out loud. If you are struggling with depression, abuse, addiction, hate, anxiety, forgiveness, or any of the other life issues, you are not alone. So with that... Um, we got deep there, guys. So, um, just to prove there can be love, there can be healing. Um, sometimes it happens within the band, sometimes it happens outside, sometimes it happens in front of us. We just don't even know. But just remember the contributions of everyone are valid. You know, whether it's someone being creative or someone just taking care of life or someone just trying to get everything back together. Everyone's valid. Feelings are okay. I mean, there's a lot of takeaways we could have here, but I think they really said it best in their process of their healing. Um, yeah, um, once again, their website's going to be a health support. Um, you know, you can always uh, go there online and you can also find this podcast everywhere you get your podcast. It's going to be on Spotify, Apple Play. Um, I do believe I just got approved for iTunes so you can get me on your uh, Mac and whatnot. Um, we are also available on um, Anchor. You can always go through Anchor or um, even Google Play. Google Play will also um, automatically play my link. I'm going to, have to get the link out there for you guys. Um, stick in there for a quick ad. I do appreciate your time. Thank you guys again, and let that wrinkle sit on the brain. All right.